Welcome to Ask the Dean. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, and I'm the co-founder of MAPT. I'm joined every week by Rachel Grubbs, the other co-founder of MAPT, who has 20 years' experience in the pre-med and test prep world, and by Dr. Scott Wright, former executive director of TMDSAS and former director of admissions at UT Southwestern Medical School. Ask the Dean is a weekly Q&A we do live exclusively for our MAPT members, and this podcast is a recording of that session so that everyone can benefit from that knowledge. Let the knowledge flow. Ask the Dean, episode 91. I'm Dr. Ryan Gray with the MAP team. Dr. Scott Wright, how are you doing, my friend? Hello, hello, hello. I'm doing really well. Uh, it's a beautiful day here in Austin, Texas, so I'm excited. A beautiful day in the neighborhood, as they yeah, say. Definitely, <laughs> definitely. And we have Verinia Granum hello. live from New York. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sadly not Saturday night, but you know, <laughs> Wednesday afternoons Wednesday work afternoon. just just yes. as nice. That works. That hello. Works yes. Hello, hello, hello. And Mapped co-founder Rachel Grubbs, how are you doing? I am good. I'm very grateful for uh, magic beans that come in a coffee mug. <laughs> <laughs> the magic beans, yes. Those beans. Uh, not ones that grow giant bean stalks, but uh, uh, we'll, we'll take magic beans that no, keep just us alive. The ones, yeah, that make me jittery slash happy. <laughs> <laughs> keep us alive. Keep us awake. That yes. works. Awesome. Well, we are here to answer your questions over at premed.tv or mapped.tv. We are live in both of those places as well as a few others, but uh, that's where we're taking questions. So uh, come on, come all. We'll, uh, We'll rock and roll with the questions, including... Is it clinical? Dun, 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 <laughs> dun, 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 dun. Yeah, we're starting yeah. off strong. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's the answer. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Hi, so there, there are there are some schools that don't like it, but uh, yes, it's clinical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know what I was thinking is uh, assuming it's in person, right? It's clinical. Yeah, I, just, I don't like virtual scribing. A lot of students are jumping to that. Uh, yeah. still um, maybe at the beginning of the pandemic when it's like nobody could do anything. Uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't do virtual anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. T Wallace asks watching from Honolulu. Hello. Ooh, aloha. As aloha. They say. aloha. Uh, thank you for all that you do. Your channels have been amazing. Um, going to my mapped profile, uh, going to get my math profile started shortly. Awesome. Yes. Nice. Oh, thanks nice. to you, Alice. So no I didn't question. actually read your comment well enough to realize it wasn't a question, but thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. That's what happens when you're semi-tasking. Yeah. All right. Let's try again from RM. RM's a regular here. Yep. Does being a CERT community emergency response team count as shadowing clinical or both? Don't know. Hmm. I don't so, know what CERT is. So, yeah. so here, like, let, let's go big picture. We have how many, a uh, couple hundred thousand pre-med students out there doing all kinds of amazing things. You need to come to us or use your own critical thinking to go, what am I doing? Throwing out, here's a title, here's a title, here's a title, here's where I work, here's what I do. Title, 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 title. Like that doesn't tell us anything. Yes, EMT, we know what it is. Scribe, we know what it is, right? Uh, being a shadow, literally, we know what it is. So you can't 
I mean, I don't know what a cert is. Scott doesn't know what yeah. a cert is. Verney doesn't know what a cert is. Rachel doesn't know what a cert is. So we need we need more. Um, and I, and try to come to us with, here's what I do. Here's what I think. Agree or not agree. I mean, I think I think he's saying community emergency response team. Yeah, Maybe that's what yes. CERT yes. stands yes. for. I but I, that's, that. what, that's yes. what it stands for. I still don't know what it means. Right. Yeah. But I agree with you. Yeah. 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 Like I was in the military. I was on lots of emergency Mm -hmm. response teams. I don't think that's clinical. Yeah. I'll give you guys uh, a a quick example about titles. So when I was a wee young lass and I had been out of college a matter of months, I was really excited to get this position at a test prep company. And my title was AD. I was assistant director. And I was like, (laughs) oh, I've got director in my title, like room for advancement. I was so thrilled. At the same time in his career, my father was running all of Latin America for a major company that I won't name, but a really big company that makes your toothpaste and shampoo and stuff. You know it. And his title was assistant director. (laughs) <laughs> so when you say I was this, I still don't know what you did every day. Yeah. Um, so Verenia, for the class, for the uninitiated or who needs a refresher, what's what's clinical? Clinical experience is any experience in which you are directly involved in the care, taking care of a patient, um, making them comfortable, taking care of their needs, uh, potentially working with a doctor, charting, scribing, as we were just discussing, um, but basically hands-on, direct patient care experience. Great. So, Do I get an A? You got an A. <laughs> so, Yay. friends, when Brian says, come to us with details, that's what he's looking for, is tell us what kind of thing you did on the job, and then tell us, I'm doing these things and I think they're clinical because X, Y, Z, or I'm not sure they count as clinical because I'm limited in these ways. And then we'll help you troubleshoot it. Yes. Yeah. All right. Ryan gets top corner again. I'm coming down off my soapbox. (laughs) (laughs) Abdul asks, I'm applying this year. I have about 900 hours of clinical experience. Can I leave my clinical experience for internships as a biochem major? All right. One of my favorite questions. I have enough. I'm done. Can I go do something else now? Scott, what do you think? Well, that that smacks of uh, checkbox mentality. And uh, I think, and, and Rachel says this a lot, that part of what clinical experience is, is not just showing the medical schools that you know what what it's all about and that you've done it, but it is also to motivate you. And, uh, and, you know, I think, and, and I agree with this completely that your clinical experiences should be some of your most exciting times of the week. Uh, that's what should feed you. And so I would say, you know, is, is, you know, you have to balance these out. It sounds like you, you're wanting to leave the clinical experience because you've got an internship coming up as a biochem major. I'm not sure, you know, about that. But, you know, if you, if you need to cut back on the clinical hours, but I would say continue to do them for your own benefit, for your own motivation, for your own feeding your soul. Yeah. You shouldn't want to leave your clinical yeah. experiences, in yeah. other words. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So that that doesn't mean 
that's all you have to do. Right. right. Keep your feet wet. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you don't love your clinical gig, maybe you need a new one. Yeah. But yeah. if you don't like clinical at all, mm. that's, that's, that's a, a different problem. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a whole different discussion. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Our friend Magnolia yeah. asks, if my ECs are very leadership heavy, should leadership be a part of my personal statement? Oh, whoa, I love the personal statement questions. So, Verinia, is the personal statement prompt, tell me how good of a leader you are? No. Is the personal statement prompt, tell me how leadership will be a part of your uh, job as a doctor? Not at all. Is the prompt, uh, tell me why you want to be a doctor and how good of a leader you are? No. No. It's just... McKenna add leadership into her personal statement. Can she? You said, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. You can, you can, you can. <laughs> right. Yeah. But uh, at the end of the day, I think what Doctor Gray is not very subtly implying is that <laughs> <laughs> the whole point of the personal statement should be, "Why do you want to be a doctor?" Yeah. yeah. And then, as you're describing your why along the way, um, your leadership, your your leadership abilities will probably naturally come out in that as well or in your activity section where leadership is a category where you can select i had a a great conversation yesterday with a student who um, mom was in the background and and mom near the end of the call we we started talking about personal statements and and mom was like my daughter she just she has lots of grit and i i think that should be in the personal statement i'm like stop mom stop like no (laughs) what you're implying is your daughter has the most grit out of everyone that applying to medical school like that's that's not the goal here yeah (laughs) she was like darn it turned and walked away (laughs) Uh, so i just uh opened up mapped and i went to our application simulator so i've skipped a couple steps here just for the folks at home so if you're looking here at the map screen you can see i've opened up uh, the mapped app application services. I've gone to AMCAS primary and it's pretty small, but I'll highlight if you look over here, kind of at the right, the entire prompt is use the space provided to explain why you want to go to medical school. Now there's a whole bunch more words here. So anyone with a mapped account can read it. You can also see it. If you've got an AMCAS account from last year, um, they give you a couple more questions to consider, but those questions are why medicine? What motivates you to learn more about medicine? What do you want medical schools to know about you that hasn't been disclosed in another section of the application? But the the PS is where you get to really talk about why medicine, not, not all the other things about you that you're going to talk about in other parts of the application. There you go. All right. Nicholas. Hello, Nicholas. <clears throat> 30 days until the official MCAT. How can I maximize scores this last month? Highest full length is a 502 and target is 512. Any recommendations for using AMC resources when I'm fully committed to studying for the exam? Rachel Grubbs. What do you think? I want this to be interactive. I'm like, you guys know I answer this all the time. Um, all right, Nicholas. So you said you're fully committed to studying. You've got WMC resources. So if you're taking full lengths, 
are you spending one to two times as long reviewing those exams as you spent taking them? So if you take an exam on a Monday, you might spend significant time Tuesday and Wednesday going over every question, right or wrong, making flashcards, making a lessons learned journal, um, whatever your preferred method of review is, and making sure that if there's a content error, you're correcting whatever piece of data you forgot or misunderstood. And if there's some kind of critical reasoning thing you tapped into where, you know, especially with cars, you could argue yourself into any one answer. If you're learning to think like the MCAT, then that's a point worth noting. Um, So, I mean, there's lots more I could say, but in the last month, that's probably the main thing you're doing Mm -hmm. is -hmm. practice tests and detailed practice analysis. Uh, do you have more to chime in, Scott? I could give you the no. hot seat. No, I, I, I like what you said. <laughs> Show everyone's face. Yeah. Okay. Questions, <laughs> questions, 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 questions. Yep. Uh, McKenna says I need more magic beans. I agree. I'll let someone else be on camera while I sip some coffee. <laughs> How do unranked waitlists work? Hmm. All right, so let's talk about what are waitlists. So, uh, Scott, did did uh, UT Southwestern when you were there? Did they have ranked or unranked waitlist? We had a ranked waitlist. All right, so we had, you have we had a ranked a, waitlist. Yeah, we had a ranked waitlist, which meant that the the waitlist was ranked, <laughs> 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 and but basically meant that everybody. It, sequential one through however many were on the wait list uh and but that didn't mean that we were just going to go one two three as spots came open it typically meant that we were going to take the if we got a spot that came open we might take the top 10 or 15 of those people and re-review all of them and and decide of, of those top 15 uh, who we were going to make the offer to based on, you know, a, a new review of the, uh, of the, um, of the application materials and everything we knew about them. So, you know, my, my feeling is that for an unranked wait list, that's kind of how it, how it works that they're, that they're reviewing, uh, you know, maybe they don't review the entire, maybe they have, uh, maybe they don't review the entire list, but maybe they have groups and mm-hmm. and this is group one, group two, group three, you know. And so, uh, when they have a a, a position come open, they're they're going to re-review everybody in group one and and decide, okay, who do we make this offer to? It, it's possible that that's how it works. Yeah, yeah. So so ranked wait list potentially is we we like you. We like you the most out of everyone who we haven't accepted yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, all the way down to, we don't like you, but we're still going to waitlist you for some reason. Right. Um, and then unranked is just, we have a pile of people that we haven't rejected yet. We haven't accepted yet. And we'll, we'll dig through the pile as yep. necessary. Yep. That's exactly that right. it. So reach out to all your friends. It, it's the time of year where, if, if your friends have picked where they want to go, they need to get off of their, uh, their acceptances that they yep. may hold elsewhere. Yep. Yep. That's what starts the cascade of events. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a big domino effect. Yep. Yeah. And we're definitely seeing that already in social media. People talking about it's time yeah. to start mm-hmm. letting your nose go. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here, you could have it. 
It's <laughs> <laughs> a good dad joke. I was just about yeah, to say. <laughs> I got your nose. <laughs> Rashna asks, I grew up in Michigan, did undergrad at Michigan. I'm assuming Michigan. Um, but my, fa- uh, my family moved to New Mexico a few years ago. You guys typing, typing in these abbreviations. Do not communicate with schools like this, please. Uh, I graduated December 21 and I'm living there since applying in 21-22 cycle. Would I be considered an in-state student in Michigan? No. Probably not. Sorry, fam. Yeah, so most schools will use what the state considers uh, a resident. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, you wouldn't be. Here's a kind of general question. Angel asks, what can pre-meds do to ensure they are accepted the first time? I love that brain picture. That's pretty cool. Um, So, Perinia, one and done. We want to be one and done here. So, obviously, step one, get a mapped account. So you can start tracking everything. What, what, what else should students be doing? Number one. Um, Numero uno. Get a mapped account. Get a crystal ball that will kind of predict <laughs> the future. Um, yep. Hopefully, you didn't just arrive at this decision. And you've sort of been slowly coming to terms with the idea of, hey, this might be something I want to do. And you've been seeking out opportunities that will highlight for you that, yeah, this is what I want to do. And you've been continuing those experiences, reflecting on them and building up, um, you know, your own um, sort of philosophy and approach to working with people, working with sick people. um, And you've gained opportunities to strengthen those skills along the way, right? You're taking care of you know, uh, becoming familiar with the with the work environment and knowing what it will be like. Um, along the way, you've also been studying your basic sciences really, really hard, really learning the material, not just to pass the test, but to understand the material and keeping those notes and saving those notes. Um, and you've been preparing yourself mentally, physically for this whole process. Um, so that by the time you apply, yeah, you're, you're, you're showing that academically you're capable of doing this. Um, but more importantly, you're showing that you've committed to this for valid reasons, for reasons that make sense. You know, it's your passion. It's evident in what you've been doing along the way in your activities and not just to impress a committee. If you haven't been doing this along the way, I mean, I, you can kind of hope that maybe you're a career changer and you've come to this decision a little later in life, but um, focus on, right, studying, learning the material and getting gaining those experiences to be able to then kind of convince yourself and show to a committee, an admissions committee, that this is really what you want to do. Mm-hmm. I think that's the best way I can put it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You know, there's no clear-cut answer to this one. Yeah, and I would I would hasten to add that the word insure makes me very nervous because mm. there is no insuring. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, we reviewed uh, a uh, application just uh, the other day and talked about it again today of a, of a student that had a very high GPA 
had a very strong, very high five, five uh, above five twenty uh, uh, MCAT score, and uh, applied to thirty schools and did not get one interview. Yeah. So you know they're they're you know insuring it. it that I don't know that insure is the right word there. Uh, I, so. Yeah. Yeah. I always go back to there are things that you can control and there are things that you can't control. You cannot control how an admissions committee is going to look at your application, judge your writing, judge your activities, judge an interview. If you get to that stage, you can't control that. The only thing that you can do is put your best foot forward every single day that you are a pre-med. And to do that, that means you're getting clinical experience to prove to yourself that you want to be a doctor. And so you can talk about why you want to be a doctor when it comes to your essays and interviewing. It's to, to get some shadowing experience. So do you understand the role of a physician and not just what it, what you see on Gray's anatomy or scrubs or whatever the doctor show of the day is. It's to potentially get some research if you're interested in that. It's to be a very well-rounded person, follow your passions, all this fun stuff that we talk about, and to be a good student, right? You need to be a good student, a good enough student to show that you're academically capable of doing well in medical school, doing well enough on the MCAT to show and hopefully give confidence to the medical schools that you're going to pass the boards the first time you take them. Uh, All of those things. And then the rest is kind of up to chance a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. It is what it is. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> All right. That was a loaded question. Yeah. It yeah. Was. <laughs> is it a good idea to reach out to a school after eight weeks post interview? I already sent a letter of intent and still waiting for a decision. So <laughs> don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. There, there's a fine line between patient and mm-hmm. harassment <laughs> yeah 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 it's, you've already uh, sent a letter of intent i, I yeah. think you just you gotta just leave it as yeah. that yeah yep. we're all for green on that one okay. now is the time where you take up mindful breathing or netflix binging or knitting <laughs> or whatever it is you need to do to take your mind off the waiting period yeah, yeah. and good luck because it's hard this is the yeah. hardest part the waiting yep Definitely. Sorry, I'm looking for a fresh question here. Here we go. Madison asks, when is the best time to email a letter of interest or intent or whatever LOI? choice that one is my top uh, choice school accepts them and they have historically released the wait list around april 1st was just wondering if they're um if i should wait or not do it yeah thanks pull, tr- pull the trigger yeah yeah yeah. And so someone listening to this may go, well, wait a minute. You just told the last person not to harass the school. You're telling this person to harass the school. What's the difference here, Scott? So the, the previous question said they had already sent a letter of intent and was wanting to know if they could reach out again. This yep. question is about when do I, when do I send the letter of intent? So, so yeah, this is not harassment because this is the first reach out point. And, yep. uh, and, and so, yeah, I think, I think you go ahead and, and go for it. But after you send the letter of intent, then you, you leave them alone. 
Yeah. Yep. And the best part of this question is the student understands some schools accept them, some yep. schools don't. And she yep. explicitly was like, my school accepts them. I was just going to yep. call Madison out for that. Yeah, that's great. That you can tell she's been listening. She did the research. Yep. yep. Good job. Good job, Madison. And good luck. Yay. Yeah. Yvette asks, hello, everyone, Houston, Texas. I'm planning on reapplying, but I graduated in 2019. Do I ask the professors who wrote my letters of evaluation to redate or rewrite? Vernia, what do you think? I would vote for a rewrite. You know, I would definitely ask them to rewrite. Some professors may give you some pushback and, you know, say, oh, well, you know, you haven't done anything differently since you took my class or, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, in you know, provide them with an update of what you've been doing. Um, send them a copy of your resume just to uh, mm-hmm. kind of nudge them in that direction. But mm-hmm. I would ask for a rewrite. Yeah, I agree. Yep. And I, ideally, you've been in touch with them and mm-hmm. they know all the cool things you've done in the last three years. Yep. Uh, let's see. What month do medical schools usually start conducting interviews? Um, how early have you seen interviews, Scott? Can you, do you see them kind of end of July-ish, mid-July-ish? Yeah. Or is that a little too early. Well, so, no. I think – so the, the question here is conduct interviews as opposed to schedule interviews. And I think – yeah, end of July, they're starting to schedule interviews, but I don't think schools are conducting interviews until, you know, maybe August and maybe even September for some schools. So it kind of just depends on the school and their their timeline. Yep. All right. I love that. I love that person's uh, name, married to Turkey. So, are they calling their spouse a turkey? Is that is that what that is? I don't. Yeah. Or is he Turkish? Oh yeah. We don't know. So, yeah. <laughs> wait. Now I got. So I was like taking a look at the picture. I'm like, wait, which comment was I about to pick? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Jessica asks. Aside from reading the mission statement, how do you make your school list and determine which ones are a good fit? premedyears.com slash 437 is uh, how to build your ultimate med school list uh, that I did with our friend Joanne Snap, um, former director at the Health Professions Advising Office at uh, UC Davis. She was a former director of admissions as well at a, a med school in New York. Um, yeah, it's, it's let's just... A lot of students shortcut the school list. They're like, mm-hmm. I worked really hard on my personal statement, really hard on my activities, and I'm just going to put in a bunch of schools that uh, the MSAR says my stats match up with. <laughs> and, and don't put any thought into why am I applying to this school? What is their mission? Uh, which right. gets kind of generic after a while. But uh, what kind of programs do they have that will support me? Um, do they have any special programs, maybe overseas in countries that I'm interested in going to and impacting communities over there? Uh, it, it takes a lot of work to to research medical schools. And it's it's not something you can just short shortcut. So Yep. Yep. Agreed. <laughs> I uh, have a student that I'm working with who is applying to 50 schools. Oh, wow. Oh. 
Yeah. Wow. It's a good donation to the AAMC. Yeah. Yep. And to those schools. Uh, yeah. 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 Yeah, fifty. They do understand that that comes with uh, lots of lots of writing. Yep. Yep. Oh. So yeah. using using uh, the medical school application cost estimator uh, mm. on medical school HQ. And then I'll I'll share my screen here real quick. Um, uh, I haven't talked about that one. What's, is that appexpenses.com? Is that the yeah appexpenses.com. Um. So on on this page, we go to enter stream. Um, so fifty schools. Let's assume they're all just regular AMCAS schools, right? Yeah. If we use the yeah. slider and go all the way to fifty, is the max that I put on there. That's funny. Um, so I'll zoom in a little bit here. Uh, so fifty schools, they don't qualify for FAP. Um, no DO, no Texas, uh, wherever you can pick a, pick a city. Uh, so that's $2,200 just in on top of uh, another 3700 roughly, based on 75 per secondary, assuming they do them all. And then this, is, this still has estimated travel costs that we can kind of ignore for now. Uh, thankfully, most schools are still doing um, virtual interviews. And then deposits and all kinds of uh, stuff. So you can see estimated costs. Uh, wow, pretty pretty high. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. Again, that's this is with travel. So, uh, but you're looking at probably five, six, seven thousand uh, dollars, all said and told. Yeah. Well, and what this doesn't get into is maybe an average of four to five secondaries per school. Yeah. Um, and, and no shade to this particular student, right? I mean, mm-hmm. that does seem large. Obviously, we're reacting. Maybe you've got a reason, but just so you know, our listeners understand. Yep. Uh, There's 50, cost involved. Yeah. Yeah. Well, co- cost of time and money, right? Correct. Yeah. Correct. Fifty correct. primaries is a, is mostly a money thing, but fifty secondaries yep. is a whole time. lot. Like, that's a lot of essays to pre-write while you're getting verified. Yeah. <laughs> and that. Um, uh, the average, uh, according to the WMC, for last cycle is 18 schools now. So it's it's crept up from mm-hmm. 14 when I first started looking at those numbers several years ago to now 18. And yeah. so that's that's another cool like six or seven million dollars in the WMC's pockets just because yep. students are applying to more schools because they're getting anxious. Yeah. <sighs> Jared asks, can you talk about yield protection? I have a 522 MCAT and I am very interested in a particular DO program. How can I convey my interest in their program? Oh, I love this question because I worked with a student a couple years ago um, who had this very specific issue, very similar MCAT score. I think he was a 520. He owned a house in Northern California and he was very interested to go to Toro, which was right. he, He could stay in his house. He could go to the school um and he was concerned about this and i think uh, a valid concern because a lot of programs are going to go you have 522 and yes like you shouldn't be applying to school do schools just because you have poor stats or only md schools because you have good stats like apply to the schools based on premidyears.com slash 437 apply to the schools that you think you're going to thrive at um, and that includes MD and DO. Uh, but there are programs because interviews are limited 
in, in terms of how many spots they have. Programs can can go, you know what? Historically, we've interviewed 522 MCAT students before and they never come. They, right. they, they never come here. They get an offer somewhere else at an MD school or a quote-unquote better DO school, whatever that, that may be, uh, and they, they just never come. So we're not going to bother interviewing someone with a 522 even though they have a stellar application because we just we just know historically that they won't come uh so that is yield protection um so scott what should a student do to reach out to the school and go like please i promise like i want to i want to come here and here's why well i i think this is where the secondary application really comes in becomes very important for uh, for that type of student uh, to to hopefully you'll be able depending on what the questions are on their secondary that you'll be able to convey that very it, it, that very interest that you're that you have to them about why you're interested in their school but other otherwise there's really not a way to do that I mean you, you can't just call up the school and say oh well because you don't want to offend the school by saying, I have a 522 and I realize that you may be uninterested in interviewing me because of that message to the school is you're not good enough school for a 522 MCAT person, uh, you know, or whatever. So I I think all you can do is just what you uh, indicated earlier. You do your part. You got to let them do their part. I understand your interest in their program. You got to convey it in, in the, the, um, the, the time that you have, uh, in, in the um, in the primary and in the second, most specifically in the secondary application, but I, I don't know that there's any other way to do that. Yeah, yeah. This, this is one where where I I always lean on you're your best advocate, and yeah. uh, as long as you do it respectfully uh, in in terms of uh, the language that you're using and the. <laughs> Uh, brevity, brevity of your communication mm-hmm. is is potentially give it some time a normal kind of time and if you think they're kind of ignoring you just shoot an email to go hey yeah. like here's here's why i'm interested i would love for you to take a look at my application yeah yeah i think that's a good idea yeah Ella asks, would I be considered a minority since I'm half Uyghur, minority in China, and half uh, Kazakh, uh, Kazakhstan, but was born in Central Asia and look like an Eastern Asian? So, luckily, the application is not based on what you look like. It's based on the boxes that you check, uh, is as simple as that seems. Uh, so, uh, every medical school is going to have a potentially a different classification based on the communities that they serve and, and the, um, it sounds weird to say the minorities that they're looking for potentially the diversity is a better way to say that the diversity that they're looking for, um, to help support their mission and, and their community. And so, uh, for some medical schools, you may be considered a minority applicant and other schools, maybe not. Yeah, that's true. Zalam. I'm a registered nurse working for two and a half years now. My undergrad GPA was a 3.47 from both chemistry and nursing degree. Should I do a post-bac or master's program? Ha ha. Mm. What's the trend? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, That's exactly what I was thinking. Yeah. 
Uh, Rachel, we want to show mapped again to, to show what we mean by what's the trend. Sure. So for everyone watching all hundred plus of you watching right now across Instagram and Facebook and YouTube and, and everywhere else. When students go onto Reddit, student doctor network, pre-med hangout anywhere else where students are posting questions like this, the first thing that you should ask yourself. And the first thing I want you to comment on is no. share your mapped GPA graph. Cause then I'll know, um, right. Uh, what, what is the trend? What is the story behind that GPA? Okay, sharing take two. Now without 4019 uh, errors. I just was trying to do too much too fast. All right. Uh, oh, well, that's not the right one. Maybe we'll <laughs> log out, a- log in. We'll get there. We'll get there. <laughs> Please stand by, friends. This is what happens when I try to switch from my admin account to a student account too right. fast. Um, but I think the point we're trying to make is that it's very hard for us to tell just from your GPA yeah. what your needs are, right? Yeah. So, yeah. so definitely, mm-hmm. you know, and is that science GPA? Is that overall GPA? Um, yeah, so more information needed. Yeah, the other question I had is uh, if with a nursing degree, is all, are all of the prereqs going to qualify? Mm-hmm. That is yeah, true. Probably okay. Not. Yeah. Can you now see the GPA graph? We got it. Yep. Mm-hmm. You want to talk about that, Rachel? Okay. So when you log into MAP for the very first time, you're going to have a blank dashboard. It does require a little bit of work on your part. You need to find your school in our school list, enter your courses, enter your activities, enter MCAT practice tests if you have them, and it starts to give you all this pretty data. And the GPA calculator is actually free. So whether or not you pay for a MAP subscription, every pre-med is welcome to sign up for MAP just to take advantage of this free calculator. So you can see here in this graph, I'm going to zoom just a little, um, that I'm looking at an AMCAS view, but if I wanted, I could look at a Comus or Texas, TMD, SAS. And what we were talking about with trend here is this green line. So I'm going to take some lines away for a minute. So let's start with the blue. This student has cumulative GPA of 3.28. And if you look at this blue line, starts around a 3.0, dips a little in the middle, lands right just south of 3.3. So, you know, not the world's greatest GPA, not horrible either. Now, if I start adding back some lines, orange is the science. It's about the same. So they didn't have any major discrepancies with science. Um, Non-science looks like was a little more uneven, but it evens kind of doesn't affect the trend much. And then here's the semester trend. So now look at this green line. You can see they dip way down for a while and then kind of come back and start to make a comeback. So when we're talking about trends, what we're saying is a GPA is not necessarily good or bad just based on its number. Again, student with 3.28 cumulative, I'm looking at their rolling cumulative. Now, if I scroll down and just look at their class standing GPAs, I'm starting to see something different. Freshman year, they had a 310. Sophomore year, 324. Only a few credits senior year, so it looks like maybe you know, that was a summer and they still need to finish their senior year. But so far, grades junior and senior year are a lot better, right? So this is a student who is starting to trend up. So maybe they were doing mostly Bs before, but it looks like they're starting to move more into A cat, cat uh, territory. And if you scroll down to cumulative or class standing science GPA, you can see those numbers even stronger. 
So what I'm seeing here still is not the world's greatest number, but here's a student who, as they get into more and more advanced high-level science, is doing better. They seem to be mm-hmm. overcoming the issues they had before. This yeah. is one example. It's a demo account. Yeah. But when you say 347, we don't know. Did you get six Cs four years ago, or did you get six Cs last semester? It makes yeah. a difference. Yeah. And, and Scott, there's always a lot of confusion because what a lot of students see online is – the PDF of, of an AMCAS application or team DSAS application or whatever, but medical schools have their own databases, their own kind of front end user interfaces that potentially can graph and show all of that type of data to the medical school. So they can make an informed decision on how the student's academic capability may match up with what they want. Yep. That's exactly right. Exactly right. So they're going to, you know, they're going to get, the, the raw data and then they're going to dump it into their system and then their system is going to give them, as you said, whatever, whatever they've designed it to do, which may be graphs, which may be a table of some sort, you know, it could be anything, yep. but in order for them to help, to help them understand, you know, kind of what, what your GPA history looks like, what your academic history looks like. Yep. Yep, and mapped, maps.com, go sign up for a, an account, no credit card required, and then um, you can just keep using the account after the, f- the free trial ends to continue to track your GPA, track your MCAT, all that kind of stuff. Yep. Yeah, or you can sign up for an account and chat with us. Yeah. But not required. Everybody gets the free calculator. Mm-hmm. All right. We still got about 10 minutes. Let's see what's happening in comments. Um. <laughs> Apparently, the, the got your nose yeah. uh, is the equivalent of giving the middle finger in Turkey. <laughs> okay. <laughs> glad I never did that. I've been to Turkey a couple times. I'm glad I never did that. <laughs> was oh, that who who was that that posted that response? Oh, uh, it was married from Turkey, right? Married from Turkey. Thanks for letting us know. That's great. If, if I'm ever in Turkey. Married <laughs> Turkey. Don't get anybody's nose. Imagine like doing that to a baby. <laughs> Why are you mad at my baby? Okay, sorry. Focus on. <laughs> Oh, I just got accepted to Hackensack Meridian School of Medicine. What are your thoughts on going to a newer medical school? Go. <laughs> Go. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. That's Hooray. awesome. Hackensack, I, I believe, has has graduated their first class. So they're fully accredited at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty sure. Fact check me on that. Um, but yeah. And, and, and let me – let me uh, let me use this question as a jumping off point to address an issue. Do not apply to a medical school that you will not go to. Hmm. Yeah. And we, we've had this come up a couple of times recently where a student got accepted to a school and then is having second thoughts about that school and now is wanting to pull out and maybe reapply next year and this is a terrible idea. Uh, if you get accepted to a medical school, you go. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and when you're looking at your school list and stuff and you're developing that school list about who, which schools you're going to apply to, 
if you're not willing to, if you're not on board and willing to go to the schools you apply to, then don't apply to that school. Yeah. You, you need to make an assumption that that's the only school that you're going to get accepted to. And are you willing to go to that yeah. school? So just keep that in mind. Yeah. So I, I want to share, um, share this because I, I don't think a lot of students understand the whole accreditation process. Um, the LCME is the accreditation body for MD schools in this country. And you can go to this list and see what's going on. Uh, and you can see a lot of schools um, have some preliminary uh, accreditation, which means they have accepted their first class, but they haven't graduated their first class. You can see Cal North State on here, uh, thought they were gonna get their full accreditation after graduating their first class, and they're on probation right now. They have, they have some issues. Um, and so I, I pulled up this list real quick to see, and Hackensack still is in their pro- provisional. They, they haven't graduated their first class, it'll be this year. And so the LCME will come back in take a look mm-hmm. at everything. If all of the, the I's are dotted, T's are crossed, then they'll, they should get their full accreditation without any issues. Yep. So it's, it's been around long enough. Shouldn't be any big issues. That's one of the, the uh, benefits of SDN because SDN has a pretty powerful kind of school specific threads, uh, both on the pre-med and med student side. So you can go and ask questions and see if there are any big issues. Um, it came up recently on Reddit that there's a, a school in Florida that seems to maybe uh, have lots of issues. Uh, so it's always good to keep an ear out. Yeah. Agreed. Joseph asks, I've been notified of an academic dismissal from my graduate program. I'm sorry to hear that. Do I withdraw from the program or risk making high enough uh, in my current class? Well, I'm not sure. If you were dismissed, you're dismissed. Yeah, you can't continue unless they're allowing him to finish the term. Maybe, maybe it's a hey. If you're yeah. if you do this poorly in this current semester, you're going to be dismissed. Right. Whatever. I, yeah. I I don't know, Joseph. Yeah, I don't know. That's a tough one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, Joseph. It's rough. Um. How do you foresee interviews being conducted in the next cycle? My assumption is that schools are going to go back to in-person, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. I actually had uh, an interview prep with a student, um, got called for this cycle, uh, and it's in-person in Buffalo. Um, Yeah, some schools are doing them. Yeah, so first one so far. Arizona, Buffalo, Oklahoma, Mm -hmm. um, Alabama. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, my feeling is I, I agree with you that I think schools are going to want to go back to in-person interviewing. But I think that there will be some schools that may have some sort of a hybrid where you can have a choice of what you want to do. I hope so. so. Yeah. You know, you know, we'll see how things pl- play out. But yeah. I, I think the schools maybe have seen that they can be successful mm-hmm. and uh, that they can work and they can bring in a, a good class and mm-hmm. and you know, all that stuff, um, doing, doing it virtually. So, yeah. 
But then you're going to bring in the normal kind of pre-med neuroticism. Of, I, well, if I, if I do it virtual, <laughs> is that going to show them that I'm really right. not that interested? And right. Oh, it's it's yeah. hard. Right. Overthinking it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, overthinking, but also a lot of the system currently does reward people who have more resources, Yeah, you know? So it's, yeah. it's a valid concern to think, yeah, it is. I can't afford that last minute pain flight. Am I going to be punished? Hmm. Um, I, w- I mean, I, I hope not, but yeah. 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 I, I understand that worry. Can we do this one? Uh, yeah. I, I, I love like, yeah. Will I be able to get into MD school if I do my first years at a community college? Yes. 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 And you continue to do well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You do well at community yes. college and you continue to do well. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. We seem to have had some confusion about that recently. I know sometimes we poo-poo community college in certain scenarios, but to be clear, the thing that we're most likely to worry about is if you took courses at a four-year maybe more than once and ended up on that third attempt, getting a pass at a community college Mm -hmm. that has the optic of, did you look for something easy? Mm -hmm. We're not saying commute two year to four years, almost always fine because that's usually in economics. But Uh once you're at a four year, the expectation is typically that you're going to stay there, Um, especially for any new courses, any science courses. Yep. Yep. All right. We can see if there's anything good. Joseph, uh, by the way, Joseph has an update to his okay. um, thing, hmm. so we may want to, yeah. I'll come back to you, Sid. Oh, yeah, you go. Yeah, so it was a oh. uh, a threat mm-hmm. of dismissal if they don't okay. do well enough. Yeah. Well, if they're currently yeah. threatened with dismissal, that B is not really going to kind of help, you know, long-term, right? So it's been a pattern now at this point. Um. So, uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, this is a this is, one. Sorry. <laughs> this is a time, Joseph, for a deep sense of reflection yeah. on your part. It's just what I'm saying. Why thinking. are you struggling in your, in your current program, in your current uh, graduate program? What's, mm-hmm. what's going on that's causing this? That's, that's the bigger issue that you've got to address and reflect on and figure out what, what's happening here that uh that is causing this uh this problem uh, i think that's the that's the uh, you're when you say what is my best path to medical school the very first step in that path is you've got to reflect and figure out what's going on now that has caused you to get to this point because if you can't address that then you know it it, it may not be likely to uh to to, to go well yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I've joked several times about it, wishing I had a time machine. You know, Joseph's in this tough situation. um, But Dr. Wright has said many times before to be wary of using master's programs to enhance your GPA because they do tend. I don't know why I'm spotting Dr. Wright when I'm talking. They do (laughs) tend to give academic probation if you get below B. Yeah. And uh, so it's kind of a funky program to be in, knowing that A's are good and B's are the bare minimum. (laughs) Um, Mm -hmm. That's like that's their whole grading scale, very unofficially, of course. Um, But we've said many times that if you're looking to do um, GPA enhancement, 
if you still have upper level undergraduate sciences to take, whether it's DIY or postback, that's often a better way to go. Now, masters sometimes are the right choice for people for lots of reasons, one of which might be I already took all the postbacks under the sun, right, or all the upper level sciences I could. Um, So we're not saying masters are bad. And again, I know this doesn't help poor Joseph, but I'm always thinking like, well, I don't have a time machine, but we might have someone who could be Joseph in two years and I can help them. (laughs) So if you're struggling with school, pause, reflect, Mm -hmm. don't keep getting C's. (laughs) Um, figure out what you need to do to improve. And if you can go post back, go undergrad or post back before you go masters. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Uh, I teased Sid. I put up his question. I'm going to put it back now. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sid asks, what is the best timeframe to apply to medical school? Ideally, I want to apply June 1st, but I give uh, myself a reasonable range in case things happen. Bernie, what do you think? Yeah, so early in the cycle is always best. Um, I would say you want to try to apply no later, you know, apply when you're ready. But ideally, I think end of June, middle of July is sort of when you start to kind of um, start to, eh, I'd say middle of July is when it starts to get a little bit later in the cycle. You know, August, September, then that's definitely later in the cycle, much, much later in the cycle. So um, I don't know what, things might happen that you want to give yourself a reasonable range, but um, Mm -hmm. you know, I'd say by the end of, you want to try to get that in by the end of June. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. All right. That should do it. Yes. Another Ask the Dean in the books, episode 91, nine away from 100. Oh, we're going to have a extravaganza in nine weeks, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll, we'll have fun. We'll, we'll bring uh, beer and wine and uh, uh, no, no. Okay, never mind. We won't bring. <laughs> Why well, not? Maybe, we're adults here. Maybe some, some, maybe some of us will. <laughs> oh, yes, yes, yes. Some of us will. Sorry. That, that, yeah. I think <laughs> reflex. So I think it might coincide with the, when the application opens too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. That same Wednesday. I think that's nine weeks. Wow. I could do a whole lot of... I might be off, but... No, I think we, yeah, we were a little early. Yeah. yeah. Or a couple uh, weeks early. Yeah. That's all okay. right. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, uh, we appreciate all of you being here, hanging out with us. Uh, we're here yeah. every Wednesday yeah. at 1 p.m. Eastern to answer your questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also do Instagram Live typically Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern. So come hang out with me there as well. And go sign up for a free MAPT account using that 30 days free promo, co- promo code uh, or referral code rather. And using that code, you can... Uh, get access to all of the features that mapped app offers, including um, interacting with us through the uh, mapped advising chat, right yep. inside of mapped app. So yep. check it out. All right. We'll see you next time. See you next Thanks week, for guys. coming. Bye. Bye everybody. This is Dr. Gray again, closing out. I hope you learned something from our session today. If you haven't yet checked out mapped, I invite you to try it for free for two weeks by going to mapped.com slash podcast. Track and navigate your journey to medical school using the only tool like it for pre-meds. We'll see you next week here on Ask the Dean.